This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. Today's show is sponsored by Harry's Razors. Stop overpaying for your daggum razors. For just $15, get a razor, moisturizing shaving cream, and three razor blades. Visit harrys.com. That's H-A-R-R-Y-S.com and use the promo code BCPOD to save $5 off your first order. You are now entering the Bad Christian Podcast. All right, Chad. Here we are. Welcome to your show. <laughs> um, this is what we're trying to do right now. I think the thing is really interesting is for, to do stuff live and do it on Facebook and do it, you know, in higher quality. The thing that bugs me a lot is the way people treat live video not seriously and they just do webcam stuff and then all they do is scroll through and read comments and pay attention to their own phone with them and bad quality. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. what I was hoping you and I could do tonight is I was hoping you would play a song for us. Will you do that? Mm-hmm, I will. Okay. So I want you to play a song for us, and then I just want to talk a little bit about your band and explore it. You and I have known each other for how long? Several years now. At least four years, And probably. I just have no thought. I had nothing in my brain that told that would have ever predicted that we'd be here now. Like, I, it's just the craziest stuff of life from, from where you were and who you were when I met you and what I was doing and what I'm doing now and what you're doing now, and that we're both here in your basement totally incredible so if you're just joining us we're doing this live on facebook and this also is going to be uh episode of bad christian podcast next week so podcasters uh welcome as well but um we're down here in chad's basement right now which is amazing so this is the place this is the site where you made your your whole new album just down Mm -hmm. here in this basement right it's just a simple basement but you know like we i don't know you can do almost anything anywhere nowadays except for drums sometimes you need a studio but we just, you know, we did the whole thing down here. You did here, your so. drums here or no? We did the drums right here. Yeah. We just, so you don't you don't have to yeah, go. Yeah, I guess you don't. I mean, we just, you put tons of sound paneling up. You make them sound really dead, yeah. and you can add reverb later. And so, do, yeah. do you think that's better? I mean, you like better doing it at home. Like, what caused you to want to do this at home versus go do it in a big studio? Like, what's the thought process for you? I mean, a big part of it is budget. You know, I mean, like, mm-hmm. we're not a huge band or anything. But another thing is just flexibility. Like, we started renting this house a year ago and there's this, you know, 600 square feet down here. That's just mm-hmm. empty. It's sunk into the side of a hill. So we can be as loud as we want. Neighbors never, ever give us trouble. But it's not awesome. a sound quality thing in a, in a sense, but you, so do, are you comfortable doing like, did you want, did you want the freedom and the ability to sit here and tweak and work on it forever? I think a lot of times that's yeah, what producers, yeah, yeah, yeah. like that, like I'm willing to <laughs> trade for right, instance, right, a right. big vaulted drum room yeah, yeah. for the fact that I can, spend all the hours I want to get my shit. Yeah. Right. I mean the way that, you know, I've talked about this before in other interviews, but the way that Kings works is it's like, you know, uh, it's Chad and friends. And mm-hmm. I just bring people down here sometimes at a couple people at a time or uh, on this record also sometimes like one person at a time. Yeah. And we just sit here or over there, the drums or wherever, and we just work on parts. And then I go nuts kind of arranging and chopping stuff up. What, so, tell me more about that Chad and friends. <clears throat> how, how, what does that mean? Uh, I just mean that like there's, because there's so, because there's usually so much going on and there's a lot of intricacies and different things in our, in our music, it's hard to write, you Mm -hmm. know, with let's get string players in the same room as a rhythm section and come up with all come up with something together. Mm -hmm. Sometimes that's happened, but not as much. So when I say Chad and friends, it's, it's the whole, like, 
you know, I, I grew up as, as a DJ and making beats is how I learned how to make music by sampling. So uh -huh. that's what I'm doing is I'm getting, you know, all my, my best friends that are just incredible musicians. You think of your other here, musicians as samples. Not in a bad way. In like a, in like a, I know, I trust that they are going to create stuff that really gets me excited. Right. So like, for instance, the drummer, Andrew and I are really close buddies and We've been playing music together, you know, for a while now. I knew him in high school and he would come over, you know, on afternoons yep. and we would, uh, yeah, he would just sit down here. I would play guitar and we would just jam on different ideas. He's your drum machine. He He's okay. <laughs> but not, not really. Cause he's a freaking right. like, I mean, I call him a beast, not a machine, but yep. yeah, you know what I'm saying? And then same with keys. Like they're just, there's a lot of creative people within this band that are able to generate really incredible like almost feels like custom ideas to songs that, you know, I'm, I'm starting oh, yeah, to get no ideas doubt. for and work on it. So. Well, so are you the only, you're the only person in the band that is full time as in a career musician, which that's an interesting thing, right? Is that the case? Yep. So basically, you know, I, I was working for Marshall church, obviously for, and, and I had been in the position of like being a worship director for like seven years. That's mm -hmm. what I've done as an adult until right. two years ago mm -hmm. when, you know, my family left that and then we did be becoming who we are. And that was the first thing that was like, or just big experiment, sure. whole thing, flush out the system. Every song that we've had, you know, pent up and not been able to release is just flush it out, get it all out there. And kind of as a big experiment in the last years, I've been able to just kind of keep doing that. Mm -hmm. Um, just, just, yeah, just doing you, music. You're totally wild. right. It's an experiment. I, I, you know, the way I recall it is when you left Mars Hill and, you know, the thing typically is for when people leave a church job as a worship leader, it's like, well, what are they going to do next? Just, I guess, find another church job, hopefully one with good benefits or something. You know, what are you going to do? And it's like, a, it's, I've been saying this lately that I think churches are kind of like the minor leagues for real musicians, you know, except like yeah, in, in some mean, way, there's some amazing people at churches, but it's like a breeding ground, hmm. a training ground for people. That's one of the only other places where people get to develop musically and mm -hmm. do stuff and have some freedom. And then, the, but the notion that you could leave the church world as a worship band doing congregational stuff and then actually make a career out of it the way you have it's it's been a really amazing and especially because you don't lean into the congregational style of music in fact you've gone what seems to me to be the totally opposite way it seems to me like you are making music that i dare a congregation to try yeah i mean yeah i mean there's a couple things that makes me think of i mean one is like you know it's it's been a very natural progression for us as a band to what we, we go to different churches now since mm -hmm. Marcel, you know, exploded and um, it's not a natural rhythm for us to like get together and, you know, there, we don't have, we don't have like, you know, a huge multi-generational congregation in my basement when, right. we, when we come to practice and write songs. So I'm not thinking about writing songs for that. You know, mm -hmm. I'm just thinking about writing personal songs and about you know my emotions and stories and things that i'm like the ideas really uh -huh. and, and i would actually say that in another way like you know you were saying moving away from church music um there's like it's it's all semantics but yeah like i'm not doing a, a sunday morning kind of thing mm -hmm. anymore but at the same time i feel like in a, in a way this record um beyond control actually feels like 
it almost feels like LP number one. Like becoming who we are almost feels like we flushed out the system. Just got everything out. Got everything out. was in there. And and we love it all. Like it Mm -hmm. really, it means a lot to us. We had the songs for forever. Uh But this record feels like. interesting. This record feels like, okay, blank slate. Yeah. What stuff you've been thinking about for the last two years, Chad? What have you been going through? Mm-hmm. How can you relate the things that you've been carrying emotionally and experiencing to the gospel, which is what I still think Kings does? I think it really, I think it, there's a, there's something about Kings, and it's not intentional. It just happens that that allows people to really grapple with what they're feeling and experiencing in life, mm-hmm. and how the gospel you know hits up to that. And I think in that sense, it still is like. In in a way, it's still like it's still for the church, but in a large context, you know, right. like uh, not in a not in a bigger way, but just like not for Sunday mornings necessarily, you know. Yeah. So, but th- I mean, here's another interesting thing about transitioning as you have is you come out of a system where the lyrics are old hymns and traditional songs and songs made to just say the simplest thing that everybody can do on a Sunday morning. I mean, how's it been? For you to have to, I mean, there's the huge leap of having to go into being a lyricist, is what I'm saying. Like when you were at Mars Hill and you were worshiping, you were not a lyricist, and now you are. And actually, like I like vocally, like hated writing lyrics. Yeah, you told me five years ago, I don't, I don't like. I lyrics. can't write. Songs. I don't want to. <laughs> Uh, it, no, I literally told you, like, yeah, I just, I'm, I'm not gonna never going to be a songwriter. I'm yeah, so I'm just going to do Come Thou Fount, but real in a cool way. Cool. Uh, yeah, and and so now, now you're a real lyricist. Remix though, everything. So. And I and I think that that is. It's because I, in a one way, like I never actually had, it sounds really weird, but um, everything that I was supposed to say was handed to me yeah. to say. Well, that's I a never metaphor actually, now, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I never actually had to like express myself. I mean, and I did on Becoming Who We Are. I, yeah. I say that lightly, you know, I mean, and, and, and like there's a whole batch of those songs, Defender and Secret Kingdom, which were sure. pivoting to start expressing mm-hmm. Chad wants to say something, and I co-wrote a right. bunch of those songs. But even on this record, you know, like Zach Bolin from Citizens and Saints co-wrote a lot of the lyrics with mm-hmm. me. But I still had a way, way, way heavier hand in it than I've ever had sure. before. And so, yeah, in that way, I mean, it almost feels like, you know, it, it feels like okay, now we get to make a record that's completely ours mm-hmm. and let's just make a whole bunch more. But you, but you have you the know? confidence now as a lyricist. You don't feel ashamed. Oh, yeah, like yeah, you, yeah. You're looking like, and here's what I love to think about is, man, because I, uh, I really, I always feel like life is long. People say life's short, but it's kind of long. Like you're doing this music <laughs> stuff and you're going to be doing it for a, a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I like to sit back and think about hmm. what is Chad going to be hmm. doing yeah, in, in 10, 10 years. years. Right, right, I mean, right. it's so exciting to me to think that way. And I think when people... And especially later in life, overcome hurdles and decide, you know what? I am going to learn to sing. I am going to write my own lyrics. Yeah, That's like, that's hero status for me because fear mm. and people not thinking they can do stuff is, that's like almost everybody. Well, okay, two things. One, I mean, for the reason I'm able to do this is because it feels, I mean, I'm just like, blows me away is that people actually yeah. like resonate. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying like, yeah, thank you for buying our music. I'm saying like, how cool is it that I can tell yeah. stories and it emotionally connects to other people right. in a way that they're like, I'm going to support it. So it, it, it's, Is that more satisfying even than musically connecting to lyrically connect? It doesn't make a difference. I, I uh-huh. like both yeah. because because for me, I connect – I mean, I, at times in my life, I've connected more to just music than lyrics. Mm-hmm. But it means to me – it just means it's – it's amazing that people, like, connect with the music and that they support it even, like, you know – 
all the way down to financially, but even more so like, I feel like they're on our team now. I feel like uh -huh. they get it. I feel like yeah. we can travel places and they, I don't know. I didn't think a lot of people would understand sure. King's Kaleidoscope outside of a few hymns. Like, sure. oh, that's well, cool. Well, I mean, it, but it, you're right. It was an experiment. We didn't know that this would work. And, and, and I promise you, even in my mind, uh, and I like to take credit as being a big champion for King's Kaleidoscope. You, you are the biggest I, champion. <laughs> I, I really do take a lot of credit, want to take a lot of credit for that. But even to me, I didn't anticipate uh, the development and success and response of the general public um, to what's going on. Like, it, it's it's more it, like your career is the most exciting one to me. I think I had, like I said, I, no credit really necessary here, but I was there for it and had a hand in thinking about how can somebody create a custom-designed career tailored to exactly what they want to do and who they are? I mean, in your situation, so so much different. You came out of this world. You have these musicians. You, you've now made it a full-time living for, for your family. That is just too exciting for me. That's what, I, that's what I feel like I'm trying to do every day is get people like Toby and Devin and you to, man, you guys are real. You guys are unbelievable. Mm -hmm. You impress me. You can do this. You've got to do it. Can I please help you? And so Whoa. to see you get to where you're at and not only hear the music that I've always been impressed with, but to see this reaction that's happening yeah. people is just so it, it has very little to do with me but i feel great well, about do, it <laughs> do you remember okay so then the, you were you know remember you were a band leader at, at the church mm -hmm. and you remember when i told you i was leaving do you remember what, what you said i mean i remember when you told me i we were in the green room and you were like well you know what that means i was like what and you were like that means that you know, I've got to put out your first record. Yeah. Well, but but it but that was interesting because that was the time when we had just started Bad Christian. You were right like, you had like time. just got a website going and we did yeah. live in, in color. Yeah. Well, that was that we was our idea together to do live in color. We said, let's make something. Let's put just just do it. If we get this and do it, let's give it away. Let's you. I said, you guys are a great live band because I've been seeing you live. I said, right. live is the key for you guys. Like you're not. I mean, yeah, you do this in studio. You can use samples and keys and sequences, but you guys can do stuff live that nobody else can do like it happens well, live on just, stage it's that's unreal. the chemistry of of you know it not just being me as a dj yeah. just just pulling samples that's the chemistry of every one of those pieces is like a person that's an incredible musician that when we get live it's always different and that makes yeah. it really exciting for me and well, I, I it speaks it. a lot to your leadership and the quality of the music that you're able to manage and retain and lead first of all a group of 10 people's hard for anything just to <laughs> just to get definitely along hurting cats and to keep, some of the time <laughs> yeah and to keep them and to keep them in the way that they do to where you you get to do this as a career and they don't and it still works and you can still travel yeah. and play but you tour i mean in any case you're a flagship case for you can you can invent your own rules we've had to be done really that. inventive yeah i mean Cause you know, like I said, I'm the only one that's kind of just doing this full time and I'm, I do other projects to, you know, try to like stay afloat and stuff, yeah. but everybody else has jobs like from all the gamut, like, mm -hmm. uh, teachers, got engineers, and to accountants engineers, and to accountants, to yeah. like, I mean, it's like, so they've all got other careers and we play as many shows as we can within those constraints. And, you know, my hope is just that I can keep making music with this group of people and it's going to look like, you know, we're putting out records yeah. like i said this one feels like the first one where and and the other thing is i like the spirit like personally for me i, I just really enjoy the spirit of like not having you know tooth and nail has been really awesome and they, they just give us complete freedom and you know bad christian's awesome and that i just i i don't i'd feel more uncomfortable if a big label was like okay we're gonna give you 
thousands and thousands of dollars yeah. to just be sit in a studio while you come up with stuff and yeah. just like blow the cash. I, I like the fact that both the last records are just made on my MacBook. Right. Like running around doing whatever and scrapping by. I mean, I, I it, it gives the music an energy that is really, um, it, there's like an excitement and a, and a honesty about it that I just, I really love. And I, I want to keep it that way. You know, I don't, I don't want to see my career go to this thing where all of a sudden, like it's changed, yeah. you know, beyond like what some of the magic we have. Is. That's, so. that's interesting. So, um, let's do some other stuff, but I mean, really the reason that I came over here tonight and wanted to capture this and do this is because we've put on sale the vinyl, um, the special edition vinyl, the regular vinyl for your, which was a runaway success for your last album. When we did the vinyl. We yeah, knew you were great. a big vinyl band. We knew people loved the art that you create because you really do have a, a really good grip on aesthetics and presentation outside of your music too. By the way, and I know you know that, but it's worth repeating and, and stating. And so we thought vinyl would be good on this too, but it's been. And uh, Reva can tell you, and the Bad Christian team can tell you, and I know you know it, it's been insane what yeah, the pre-orders we, for this vinyl We had is. to double the order. Yeah, we had to increase it right away. So part of doing this tonight is the thing I just wanted to say. I wanted to make sure we took the time to thank the people that pre-ordered because it's a big deal. Like, they really are making you a full-time career musician that gets to express himself outside the bounds and ties of a church system or even a, a big label business system. You totally. get to create yeah. for real. It's, it's, not, because about, of the, the, it's not about like a, a church or anything. It's just about like, I mean, seriously, like I'm so thankful that we just get to do it. You get Every to day do I'm what really you want to do you know? because people like what you do. And they love it. And, and you know what I'm saying? You get to do exactly what you want to do. And people love it enough to where the demand is you know, higher than we I, even anticipate. Somebody it's in, amazing. Somebody in an interview yesterday asked me, you know, why, why do you do what you do? It's like the big question. You know? yeah. And it was like, there's, there's definitely like a huge part of me that actually doesn't know. Yeah. I know that sounds really weird, no, but especially that. on the last record, it was like, what is your vision and your mission for this? And it was like, I don't know. I, I feel know. like, God hasn't told me that yet. I'm just doing it. Yep. And then after the interview, the the person who like, you know, he, he likes our music a lot. He said, he said, dude, it's so funny that you said that because you're doing this for me. Like, yeah, I right. feel like exactly. you're doing it for that, that, me. You don't have to go any farther. <laughs> but I don't that. even have to like, I don't even really think about that sometimes. I just, I really feel like I'm just expressing myself and, you know, trying to like be honest mm -hmm. and tell my story and ultimately like seriously how it relates to the gospel like that's a huge thing in my life and that's kind of what we do well so this whole thing again is like kind of a thank you for the support which is yeah. something that, that is it's just astonishing so thank you seriously looking at the camera to everybody yes. that has bought thank this who, much. who who has already pre-ordered the the album um what do we want to do for them we want to play them a song or you want to show them a song that people haven't heard yet what can we do we can do both okay we can do both i think we should probably yeah, let's let's play this first. Okay, let's do that. So we'll play a song right out of your Pro Tools session here. What is this? Yeah, so this is you can a, talk over it a little bit if you want to, yeah, yeah. or we can just let it roll. This is a song too. on the record called "In This Ocean." It's actually two parts, so we're gonna play both of them. And uh, there's, I mean, it's it's a whole. It's basically a song about being afraid to set out on an adventure, mm -hmm. um, but choosing to do it anyways, and realizing that you've got a group of of people surrounding, like a community, and the, the beginning here is pretty sweet because like a year and a half ago when we started jamming on this, um, the beginning of this song comes from just my, my iPhone, like voice memo. Oh, really? Of us, yeah, like, that's called demoitis. <laughs> you, by the way, when you, when you, no, no, no. <laughs> you do something 
just a crappy little demo and then you get addicted to it and you can't ever let yeah, it. Yeah, so yeah. It's just the, the count off though. It's just the count off. It's not the <laughs> it's not the actual song. So yeah, this is in this ocean, parts one and part two.
great. That's it. Okay. So again, thank you, people, and I hope you enjoy yes, that premiere. So you. I, you know, before you did this record, I remember you called me one day, and we're trying to wrestle through what you should do different on this album than the last one because your sense was you didn't want to do the same thing again. No. Nope. And you said I need a challenge. You said I need to do something different. Did I, need, I really yeah, say that? You called me and said I want I need some constraints or a challenge or something that people wouldn't expect that we'd be able to pull off or do. Yeah. I don't want to just do the same epic type mega epic hymn whatever thing. yeah and so we, we discussed a couple of things mm-hmm. on that call and i think what i came up with right away is that you should do more live and more acoustic and less production and then we kept on discussing a little bit and uh you were in, on this train where you were saying you wanted to make the stuff a little more funky groovy and try to have very little or no like builds or these big giant Kind yeah. of section stuff. Do you, did you what did what did you ultimately yeah, yeah, yeah. decide when you were tr- going through this album that you wanted to your constraints to be? Um. Well, so m- musically, you know, everything ultimately kind of like ended up serving the the theme of the record, which we can talk about in a little bit. But the things that stuck around from our conversation were, um, I there's always been a lot of like intricacy in the way that we arrange and write stuff uh-huh. like intricate parts and lots of melodies going on and stuff. But we wanted to make those quieter as when I remember you'd be like, well, right. what if you did intricate and quiet instead of mega? Because right, there's some loud. amount of played outness to just making everything epic. Really like it's, it's even played out and through all of culture, in my opinion, yeah, like, that agree. post was epic. That rant yeah, 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 was yeah, epic. Yeah. Like everything totally. is epic. I mean, can I mean, it it's be funny because we just played like maybe the most, ep- maybe mm-hmm. not, but yeah, I mean, it's, it feels kind of epic at points in the ending, but you can even tell in this song, there's much more like, uh, full band groove Groove. and vibe Mm -hmm. um just like consistently throughout a tune but we did get the sort of like quiet and intricate thing on a few different tunes which i'm really stoked about uh we definitely got it on a song called lost which i'm gonna play i think in a little bit um i want to at least and then we get, but it's only me though. <laughs> it won't be very intricate. And well, then, see, but that's the other thing. That's the other thing that I think you do that you haven't done yet. And I'm going to try to convince give you me an acoustic record in the in the coming years to release more stuff that yeah. is even smaller and smaller because I've mm-hmm. heard you do it in a bunch of different ways. Mm-hmm. So I think you could do that and still even incorporate yeah eight ten people and, and do stuff really tiny. I think that will be yeah. a lights out like i well, think you will really have done yeah. something and i think i've heard you do it already well so and that's, i think that's I mean, what we, i would love to we, hear from we you started taking steps to try to do some of that on this record for uh-huh. sure my favorite track is the last one called trackless c and it's it's like musically a little bit complex there's some really weird chord changes and um some very interesting like mellotron textures mm-hmm. really weird piano it's intricate in that way but it's the whole thing's quiet. And then you get to the the bridge where you feel like the whole thing's going to explode. And then instead it's just a, ch- a huge string swell, but then it just stays and it does, it doesn't explode. Yeah. And the cool thing about that is it, it actually, for me at least it, 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 it brings about like a greater emotional response mm-hmm. than if we just like blast every, it makes it, it gives a feeling of like longing Right. It's so much it's a different thing. heavier right. than just like, oh. Yeah, that's my theory is that with technology, with practice, performance, click tracks, everything we've done in music, we've gotten to where we, we've, we're past optimizing the loudest, heaviest, 
orchestrated thing. We're yeah. kind of past that in a way. Yeah, yeah. And I noticed that when we were do would do living room shows, there was some parts in some songs where it got really quiet when Toby and I made our Matt and Toby record. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, okay, a quiet part in the song. And then when we did that in the living room, and it took the people in, and it drew them in, and it got quieter yeah. and quieter. I was like, this intent. Yeah. I would feel this intensity when Toby. I would drop out, and Toby would take it all the way it's to quiet. Way it was more mind blowing. Way more, especially intense. with people in the room. And it felt to me like the first time we did a giant breakdown in two thousand and one. I was like, <laughs> yes, this is this is. Everybody has to pay attention now because that's what that feeling is in music when you yeah. like. It's undeniable that everybody's yeah. locked into what you're doing. And I don't think a breakdown or a giant build really accomplishes that anymore because we've optimized it. So if you can take people and bring them to the quietest yeah, place, I mean, it's undeniable. We, I know, I, I love doing things that that grab people's attention, but I think, for the most part, it's really simple. Like, the music that gets put on the record is a music that, honestly, I really love, right. and that I get excited about. Like, there's never anything on. I've never, been, you know, had been pressured or had to do anything where it goes, well, this is good enough, and mm-hmm. this is what people are gonna like. It's like every song on this record and every song on the last record has big things about it that I just like really really love and that's why it's there all right something pretty simple on my mind and it's it's this is a black and white issue for me so let me just break it down a lot of you including myself have had the experience of going to the store and trying to find the cheapest bag of razor blades because we don't want to pay a lot of money and we pay for it when we get home by screwing up our necks to where it burns and it's just not any good, but then we have to make it through that bag so we don't waste money. So this is where Harry's razors come in. It's crazy not to do this. And the reason why is is way it's a hundred times better blades and it's less money. So you're spending less money for a better product. Harry's they've they spent over a year meticulously crafting the first Harry's line, and their blades are made by German engineers with decades of experience. Decades of experience, folks. So you can overpay for the cheap stuff. You can let those people take advantage of you because that's what you're doing. Harry's, it's guaranteed satisfaction or your money back. Customer service is awesome, and I really do mean that. These people care about their product. They want you to be happy. They specialize in one thing, and they do it great. So Visit harrys.com, that's H-A-R-R-Y-S.com, and use the promo code BCPOD. You get $5 off your first order. This is a win-win. Don't go to the store again to buy the cheap crap. Have the stuff come to your door. That's the good stuff. Harry's Razors. House of Heroes, the album Colors, is out right now. Go get it on iTunes. Let me, hey, let me do something. I'm going to read one out of uh, a handful of ratings that are already on iTunes for people that have pre-ordered or they've gotten a, a copy ahead of time because they supported these guys in their uh, fundraising for the album. Listen to this. So let me start off by saying I'm a huge fan of House of Heroes. I have every album with The End Is Not The End being my absolute favorite until I heard Colors. Since I was an Indiegogo supporter of this album, I got a digital download like a month before it officially came out. It's their first official concept album. And the story's great, by the way. 
I was specifically impressed with the meticulous attention to detail in each song. There's something unique in every single tune, and it just doesn't get old. He's This person says that they listened to the album in its entirety about six times already. The vocal harmonies are better than ever. He says, seriously, there's some crazy harmony in there. Listen to the end of Pioneer and the second chorus and Metador. Guitars, drums, bass, just everything is basically perfect in this album. This is, in my opinion, the best album of 2016 thus far and is my new favorite from this band, which is saying a lot because I absolutely adored their previous works. Definitely get this one ASAP. So go to thehouseofheroes.com. That's thehouseofheroes.com. We're excited about this BC music release. Yeah. All right. Well, I want to do another song, but let's talk about one more thing yeah. before that. Uh, and I don't, I, I'm curious, I haven't talked to you much about it since the stuff's been out there, but there is a clean and explicit version of this. So my, uh, the song is called Prayer, uh, and we're not going to do that song, so that's not the point. You'll have to buy the album to, to, hear, <laughs> yeah. to hear that one. But there's a, a song that you have an ex- explicit language in and also decided to do a clean version. And I'm curious, how is that unfolded now that, that that's out there? Like, uh, uh, And let's see if I got this right. The vinyl has is the explicit version. Yeah, the vinyl is just the kind of the original as straight from, you know, me as is. Well, they're both from me, but, you know, uh-huh. untouched. And then... And what and the CD is clean. CDs we made clean just because we, mm-hmm. we sort of guessed that most people that are going to purchase CDs are going to probably be like families and everything like that. And they'll majority of them are going to want that. And then digital is both. So just, like, both you will get, be on Spotify. Both yeah, will be on get, Apple. Yeah, you can get And it. iTunes if you want to buy yep. it. You can get So anybody can get whatever they want. Okay. But what is it? I mean, why did why, you choose to do that? And what, what did you say? What's the context? Here? So, I mean, <laughs> yeah. Basically, this is a song. You've, you've heard the song, right? Yeah. 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 I, I mean, I'm playing the part. I know, I, I know the song. I'm just making sure. Reasons, I'm making sure. I, yeah, I yeah. So basically... A prayer is a song that there's a whole lot of different angles to approach the story of this song, but the core of it is basically really a completely vulnerable prayer that I have as a song is something that deals with something I've wrestled with my whole life, which is, you know, if you followed the story of Kings, you know, I've had pretty severe anxiety mm-hmm. disorder my whole life on and off and a root thing that I continually have felt in those moments of panic attacks or terror is the feeling and um just like overwhelming sense that one um i will somehow run away from god and end up in hell or that two he will turn his back on me and that same thing i'll I'll be apart from him forever in hell so so you you would tie all of your personal daily anxiety ultimate to an uh, uh, to you, it actually kind of does tie into an ultimate thing and, and hell and uh, insecure. Uh, I mean, salvation. Yeah, I wouldn't like I would. I don't know if I, I would say that. I I think in general, the thing that I look for the most in life is is to feel safe. Mm-hmm. And that is the ultimate thing you cannot control because right. death is real. Yeah. And my salvation is from God's grace alone. Right. Um, so. Anyways, like there's backstory to like, this is a wrestle that I've had my whole life of dealing with anxiety. And this is something that, you know, really like can haunt me at times. 
And then there's years of prayers to God about that, like that I have in journals and everything. And then, you know, during the making of this record, there's a major sense that I have that this song really isn't even like, <laughs> I, I know I'm responsible for it, <laughs> but there, but there's a sense that I, I honestly have no idea. Like, well, I do have an idea of how it came together. I just literally feel like it was kind of given to me and, like I was inspired not by something that I really worked hard at uh-huh. because um, basically in the middle of making this record, I had, you know, we were on a tight schedule. I was grinding it out and completely kind of ignoring, you know, just, just my relationship with God. I wasn't spending time just in prayer or I just feel like I was running hard to keep myself busy, keep myself preoccupied and use all of my nervous energy to, mm-hmm. to, to kind of run from that. And I'm getting to the point, which is just that, you know, I finally at one evening was able to like be praying to God and be like, okay, this is actually how I'm feeling. Mm -hmm. And I basically was writing like (laughs) these lyrics, which is I dropped the F bomb twice, basically is what it is. And that's what it was. It's just like, I'm this scared. That was a language that I had. I came downstairs, um, sat at the piano and all of the backstory of, the weightiness of this fear that, that I have on and off and the present fear of like, wow, this is actually where I'm at right now. All kind of collided. And it was like, boom, two verses yeah, right there. Like, um, and I had to just like, I, re- I think I recorded them the next day. And then I literally had to just sit. It took me like two days to even touch the song again because I, I couldn't, it was so heavy like from the pit of my gut of this is sometimes how this is, this is the lowest that I I can feel. And, and also vulnerable in the sense that you made a song and now you have to, the obligation to either show it to other people or decide not to, which I think is a crazy thing when you have an original thought or create something or feel something that you know is original. There's a part, there's something to that where a lot of times people squash that and they don't ever share it with other people. And that's, I'm Something. I'm being a little bit long-winded and I apologize but here here's the thing is like the song is me. The song is right. my heart, it's my gut and it's my my honest like pouring my guts out to God prayer. That is the truth of yeah. who I am. And the song is then met ultimately with God's true response to me as the true me of where I actually am at. And so that sort of got out of the way. I ended up recording the second part and it was in, came about in the same way where I just felt like, like how in the world am I going to respond to myself in this? Right. What, what in you the world yeah. is God going to say? Like what in the, I had no idea how I could ever accomplish it. And I spent days racking my brain. I'd come down here and I'd be like, I, I'm just blocked, like creatively completely blocked. And then I had to just, I prayed and prayed and prayed about it. And I'm not meaning to sound hyper spiritual or anything, but literally one day it was just like, same thing. It just fell in front of me as I was typing out lyrics on this little app I have on my phone where it was just like, oh my gosh, that's God's response. And as I was typing, I started bawling my eyes out because it was so true to the deepest part of me that I'd expressed. And I, it was so real. I, I literally couldn't read the lyrics for another day without, without bawling my eyes out. And then the next day I had to come down here. And was like, I really need to record this. Like the records do in like a couple of weeks. Like mm-hmm. I, I need this song to make enough songs to be a record, you know? And same thing. I was only able to sing it like twice 
And I just, I lost it both times I was singing the song because it was so real to me. And then I put the song away. I brought it to my friend Brian and I was like, all right, dude, you got to mix this and I got to leave because I can't even yeah. handle it. Like I can't. That's just, that's too much. I mean, I that's can't just, handle it. like yeah. to me, that's really exciting on so many levels. But really, it's just something that I feel pretty strongly about is if we're making art, if that's what we're talking about, I mean, just think about what to me what a shame it could possibly be that you in a lot of context and even surprising to me that you were able to overcome and share something that vulnerable that of course is going to make you look bad for using the f word and it's you know it's going to cause some problems and honestly it's going to cost you some dollars it will it already has i mean like yeah but but think about it this way if you consume art what artist how upset would you be if you knew that a Kurt Cobain or the director of your favorite show or movie decided to sit on something because it was too intense and emotional for him that they so, created? You don't want the people that create for you to be careful. You want them to be honest. I, I, and I respect it. And I just I yeah, feel so strongly about that. I think that the, the thing that, that was the question for me was, right, like, I... I from my perspective, our last record was a huge pivot where if you actually listen to the record, you, you got the fact. And if you listen to interviews, you got the fact that, okay, Chad was working at a church for a long time. They were leading every Sunday. Now they're not Mm -hmm. half the songs are that way. And half the songs aren't right now. I'm not, this is not. So I understand like there's a complete responsibility of like, this isn't come now found anymore. What is, what in the world is Chad doing? Um, I'm writing gospel songs like from my, I mean, a prayer you cannot there couldn't it, be a more christian song than your prayer transcribed there could not there, be there isn't a more no, christian and, song no and and i think it's called he, a prayer it, for right. me yeah and the, i mean lastly it's like the thing for me is it, i realize the thing that's unfortunate is i have no um i hate like the shock jock thing i don't not trying to do that with this i mm-hmm. legitimately am thinking about people who have gone through similar stuff to, to what i've gone through or they're in it right now and for them to know like God, God hears that where you are and he responds to it as you are. You don't have to be, you don't have to change because of a a specific theological conviction, which I actually don't personally don't share. Like if I believe that using that word was, you know, a sin, I wouldn't have put it in the record. I, I don't, I believe language is like, I'm very much communicating what fear sounds like, which is aggressive and impatient and demanding violent and violent. Yeah. And I've never heard the voice of fear in, in, in my life be poetic and thoughtful. And, <laughs> That's a great point, man. I totally. mean, I think that, That's a great I, I, and I don't even give myself credit. I don't think that it's like, Oh, Chad, I did a really good job of like thinking about the voice of fear. I just wrote down right. what it was saying to me. This is pure as it gets. That's what this is Christian that's what it, it gets, sounds as like. As it gets, it's art and it's real. And to me, that's just something. I, I mean, you're somebody I look up to and respect. And come, come what may, the reaction yeah. to it. I actually believe that everybody's going to really thank you in the long run. I really think that it's you know, a pivot time for everybody. People are going to get it. They can't deny your authenticity, the reality of it the artistic quality of it. And I think people are finally going to just go, ah, okay, so we're, we are kind of moving here. Culture's yeah, moving and, a little bit. And that's and a the good other thing. thing is like, I, the other thing is though, but I, I don't even feel like I'm, I'm really not even trying to convince anybody of like, you know, if they have a different conviction on like language, 
I totally res- I respect them. I'm yeah. not trying to change their mind even like at all. That's why I have another version. That's right. Because I respect like youth groups and kids and like, you know, like if if my wife wants to just put the CD in the car for my like one year old, he turns one next month and she doesn't want to hear hearing that song, that's fine. For me personally though, like I'm gonna have to make a version of the record without that song on it. <laughs> just for you, yeah. <laughs> just because it's just so heavy it. already. I mean, yeah. the record has these like really lighthearted moments more so than we've ever had. Mm-hmm. Like there's a song called Most of It, which is basically written for like Ziggy, you know, as a one-year-old, like what's a simple truth you can tell a kid all the way to like the last, I would say the last three tracks are just, they're super like kind of gut bomb emotional songs. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, the record just does that. It's kind of cool, but it's more more than cool. It's great. So we're not going to do that filthy cussing song right now, but will (laughs) you play us a song? I will. Uh, and I'll tell you a little bit about this one. This song is called Lost okay. with a question mark. So after I finished a prayer, I started sending it out to people for feedback. And the decision to, to you know, keep the original version and the edited mm-hmm. version took a long time. I talked to, you know, right. my pastors about it, friends of mine. Um, I prayed about it a lot. Like it just took tons of conversations. It really drained me. But, you know, of course, to the people were my parents, my mom, my dad, who really have always supported me and um, been incredible. And, you know, they felt so heavy for me as their son hearing that song. Um, but they, they still totally got it and understood it, which that's, meant that's a great. lot to me. But on the backside of hearing that song, my mom was basically like, okay, Chad, if you're going to put this song on the record, you, you have to show the other side of <laughs> what it's like, what it's like on the other side of yeah. hearing God's voice. <laughs> so, so That's I had, luckily I had the perfect song completely outlined as usually I do. I had the music, the melody, all that stuff. And I just had to write lyrics so, and I was waiting to write lyrics anyway. So then I could basically go, all right, you know, we haven't even talked about the theme of the record yet, but you know, the theme of the record is beyond control is enchantment and it's contrasting two worlds one where it's you know our modern existence overstimulated with information and trying to maximize our lives and comparing it to everybody else on social media and just the exhausting uh chase that that is and we end up isolating ourselves from god and wanting to just cordon everything off it's basically that world versus accepting the fact that the world is actually wild and out of our control and terrifying, but that, you know, God leads us through it and it's actually beautiful and it's an adventure. And Tolkien says that a world like this is basically where both joy and sorrow are as sharp as swords. Mm-hmm. And I think that's sort of what I was trying to accomplish on this record. What does sorrow feel like that is deep and what is joy that is deep? So this life song, is intense. Yeah. And, I mean, and, and just that's just all there is to that's it. okay and, and so a lot of things we're thinking about and reaching for and doing are anything we can to dull either side of that yeah and and basically trying to buffer ourselves yeah. from the spiritual and the reality that we're not in control that we will mm-hmm. suffer is actually buffering ourselves from the only thing that will from, from help joy us joy as well from joy yeah from from our relationship with god so this song is the basically the flip side of that it's right. called lost cool the walking into that world and just being in that world. Cool. You having a good time? I'm having a great time. Good. I, uh, this is, you know, I hope I can remember all the lyrics here. Yeah. I just recorded it, but we'll, uh, it should be good. 
That's great. That was a really cool thing to do there. Chad, so um, I think our time's getting a little bit low. I'll yeah. kind of wrap us. I want to say a couple more things I want to say. 
feel free if you want to. But I notice, and I know that a lot of these songs are written by Zach Bolin as well. Yeah. So I want to talk about that for a second. Zach Bolin put out a solo album. He's in this small community here. He lives again. I live thirty blocks from here. Zach lives between me yep. and Chad. Um, in the neighborhood here, and it, this whole thing has been so fun to do independent stuff mm-hmm. connected with other people. Zach's amazing; his stuff is great. And also, um, right here in this room, in a few weeks from now, we're going to work on Devin Shelton's record. Totally, it'll be me, you, Devin, and some of these other musicians, and we're going to make a great record that yeah. way as well. So, again, the, the thing that that just makes me so happy is people doing independent stuff that they want people supporting mm-hmm. it and this is the best this is one of the proudest things i've ever been even related to it all and this is king's kaleidoscope beyond control and it's uh it's available now for pre-order it'll be out in on next friday, friday. This, oh, this friday, friday. it'll like be out two in, days in two days from I know, now it's crazy so you can get the vinyl we've doubled the order there's still some left you can buy it on itunes or whatever but really this is about you've, you've missed the boat if you haven't even already if you haven't even already pre-ordered it um <laughs> to tell you the truth but really this is about thank you to everybody that's made yeah this made chad be able to have Seriously. this career and do the things we do for the from the pop, bad christian podcast to, to this it's great um having the time of my life making media creating stuff and communicating with people it's a blast. So thank you for being part of uh Thanks part of for my life and all the stuff setting all this yep. up and letting you us talk it. to our people you got it's it great all right thanks everybody you've been listening to the jabberjaw podcast network jabberjawmedia.com shh